tell you guys, I was thinking about the church, you know, this week, and uh, I really have some really good people here. Uh, and I'm going to pass at this church as though I had 5,000. I'm going to give it as much time. I'm going to give it as much energy. I put as much time in my sermons. I'm alone with God a lot. I'm alone with the Holy Spirit a lot. I'm in prayer a lot. Because I've learned over the years, without him, I can do nothing. And it's not my people, and it's, and it's not my church, but God is going to hold me accountable the way I led this church and the way I passed this church. So I see it at a different angle than you do. I'm walking to a different beat than you are because God has made me the shepherd. And the shepherd is supposed to feed. The shepherd is supposed to protect. The shepherd is supposed to guard, his, guard the flock. Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Uh, we, as you know, we preach through the Bible. The best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Somebody asked uh, J. Vernon McGee one time, I forget who it was, they asked J. Vernon McGee, well, why don't all pastors teach through the, through the Bible, verse by verse, why don't they all do that? Because when you teach through the Bible verse by verse, you got to address everything. I really don't enjoy talking about the great, the great tribulation period, but it's in there. And if it comes up in the text, we have to address it. We can't skip it. Right. So we don't pick and choose what we teach and what we don't teach. We, we choose to preach the whole counsel of God. And if you're going through a book, you have to address it all. There are certain things in the Bible I don't like to address. I don't like to talk about hell. I don't like to talk about the wrath of God, the great tribulation, but it's going to happen. Now, God has given people a way of escape. They don't have to go through it if they act now. The door is wide open right now for anybody can come to Christ and be saved. But one day the doors will be shut. The rapture will happen. The great tribulation will happen. And when that happens, a lot of people will be left behind, and God doesn't want that. So today we are in Revelation chapter 17. <clears throat> the scarlet woman and the scarlet beast. We'll be talking about the one world religion that is coming, worldwide religion, uh, which really is no religion at all, but during the tribulation period, through the Antichrist, he's going to develop a one world religion. And he's going to want everybody to abide by this one world religion. If not, you're going to have to face severe persecution. Revelation chapter 17, verse 1 and 2. Then one of the angels, you know, the angels are instrumental in pouring out God's wrath on this earth. So then one of the angels who had the seven bowls had come and talked with me, saying to me, come and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication with the inhabitants of the earth, who made drunk with the wine of her fornication. The desolation of the harlot, the scenes began right here in verse one and two uh, with an invitation. One of the angels asked John to come and see what God will do 
with the beast, the Antichrist, this worldwide religion that he's going to organize. But four times in this chapter, the, the woman is called the harlot, this false religion. And the sin is, is that fornication, she's going to com command everybody to commit spiritual fornication. Other words, her influence is going, is, is going to extend throughout the whole world, reaching into every place. On, even it says the kings of the earth in verse 2 is going to be influenced by this one world religion. She is also represented as sitting on many waters to show the vast extent of her influence. Sitting on many waters, Revelation 17, verse 15, said the waters, and he said to me, the waters which you saw, what the heart assists are people, they are nations, they are very tongue. So he's going to seduce all the rulers of the earth and, and led them to the same kind of unfaithfulness as this false religion is, but it's going to have a lot of influence and a lot of people are going to buy into it. Here, it is said, verse 2, that the harlot had made them drunk with the wine of her fornication. This is spiritual fornication. There's a lot of things done in the name of God that is not from God at all. This religion is going to seem spiritual. And there's a lot of things that might seem spiritual, which is not of God at all. But it's going to be like he said, they would be like we're intoxicated by luring people into this spiritual fornication. It's going to lure people in and it's going to draw people in all over the world and people are going to buy into it. She had immoral relations, spiritual fornication with rulers of the world as, as intoxicating people. They're going to like they're going to be so bought up. They're going to be so caught up in it until they won't even give it a, a second thought. Verse 2 says, in whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Here we discover that this worldwide religious system holds both all the earthly leaders. It's going to influence all the earthly leaders and it's going to hold them in their grasp. This is spiritual adultery. This spiritual fornication. has nothing to do with Christianity. One word religion has nothing to do with Christianity. A religion has nothing to do with Christianity. A religion is man-made rules, works, trying to work your way to God. But this is going to have great influence. It is good to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's what we're supposed to do. But, the, but if the world is in the church, then we got problem. And many times the world can come directly in the church until the church start acting just like the world. You can't tell the difference. And this is what Satan wants to do. He want to mix this false religion with all, all religions. And it's going to work. And it's going to be very effective.
God's word instructs Christians to separate ourselves from the world. That's why the Bible said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How is a person transformed? It says, by the renewing of your mind. And this is Satan's battleground. If Satan can get your mind, if Satan can control your mind, he can't control you. So you got to be very careful of what you put here in your mind. You can't put that junk in your mind and be effective for Christ. So, the Bible tells us we are to not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world. Because if any, if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So we are supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. James said, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes themselves an enemy with God. This world system he's talking about. Or do you not think the Holy Spirit is jealous? Do you know the Holy Spirit is jealous when we go after other gods and other things in our life? The Holy Spirit gets jealous. James says that, James 4 and 5. But during the great tribulation hour, during this great tribulation hour, this vast religious system will arise. This great harlot, in verse 1, is impure alignments to kings. It's going to just draw the kings in and presidents, and he's going to control humanity. People are going to be so taken back with it. They're going to be so impressed with this religious system. Religion has damned a lot of people. Uh, that's why Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with Christ. It's not a religion. Amen. This is a great heart to represent the devils, the devils, spiritual adultery, this adulterous system. This is going to be counterfeit to Christianity. People are going to accept it and they're going to turn from the truth and they're going to embrace this false religion during the tribulation period. And that's one of the, that's one of the signs in these last days that people will turn away from the truth. And I tell you, it's shocking to me because I know people that I've really expected over years. I respected these guys. I respected some of these men. And I see people even in ministry turning away from the truth. And I'm thinking, man, what happened to you? I mean, it's like you, when, you, when you're a pastor, you've got to be very careful who you believe and who you don't, what you read and what you don't. Uh, but one of, the, one of the signs of the last days is going to be people will turn away from the truth. Timothy, 2 Timothy, you know the scripture, 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn to fables or stories. See, Satan knows scripture too. Satan wants to blind people of the truth because he knows scripture. He knows that the truth will set a person free. But religion blinds people from the truth. And that's what we have here. This false religion, this influence. But this false religion is going to affect the whole world. Verse 3 says, So the angel carried me, John, away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So, she, so he carried away in the spirit, in, like in a vision. 
at this point, guided by the Holy Spirit, observes a woman of the world church sitting on a scarlet beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. You know, we, we saw in the beast in chapter 13 in Revelation, the Antichrist, the beast. Revelation 13, 1 said, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Horns are always referred to power. And on his ten horns crown, and on his head a blasphemous name. We immediately recognize him to be the Antichrist, who came to power through a confederation of ten Western nations. Ten nations are going to come to power, and they're going to embrace the Antichrist, the only difference between the present text, verse 1 in chapter 13, is the beast now described as being a scarlet color, but he's the same person. Now, most commentators believe this reflects the, you know, he's the bloody assault upon the, on, on the world. He's going to have a bloody assault upon the world. He began to reign with a fake peace. When the Antichrist comes, he's going to begin to reign with a fake peace, according to Daniel 9, 27. And he will later break that peace with Israel. As a result, many people will be slaughtered. Because the Antichrist, if you don't cooperate and do what he says, many will be slaughtered during the tribulation period. The woman that was arrayed in purple, scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stone and pearls. So this is a rich church. This church that's going to come up, this false church, is going to be a rich church. Clothes in purple, look at that, scarlet, gold, stones, and pearls. Having in her hand a gold cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. Purple and scarlet, the colors of royalty, nobility, and wealth. The woman is portrayed as a prostitute who has become extremely wealthy by her trade. You know, prostitutes often in, in fine clothes, they, they wear fine clothes to lure their victims in. This religious harlot. It's no difference. They're going to adorn themselves to allure their nations into her grasp, a golden cup. Still a, another evidence of a great harlot and how wealthy this church is going to be. This church is going to have lots and lots of, lots of money. The, this harlot system will deceive the nations into committing spiritual adultery. Verse 5 says, on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the the great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Their foreheads was a customary for Roman prostitutes to wear as a headband with their names on it. The woman, the great harlot, she is also the mother of all harlots, it says. The Babylonian system is, one of the, is another way giving birth to a false religion. She also seduced men in, into opposing God. And, he, and this church is going to persecute the servants of God. He says it was a mystery of Babylon the Great. The mystery is something that was revealed, but now it's going to come out in the tribulation period. It says to mother of all hearts. In other words, all false religion stems ultimately from this false religion. Well, it really stems back in Genesis 11 with Babel when they tried to build a tower to God. And God confused their language and all religions just scattered all across the earth. Well, this religion here is going to scatter all across the earth. This woman, the great hearted, 
She's the mother of all the harlots, the Babylonian system. It's another way. She gave birth, in other words, to all false religions. She has also seduced men in opposing God and going to persecute the people of God. Verse 6, I saw the woman drunk with, with the blood of the saints and with the blood of martyrs of Jesus, and I saw her marvel with great amazement. The martyrs of the tribulation drunk with the blood of the saints implies a time of extraordinary slaughter for Christians. They will be killed during the tribulation period. This is a religious persecution. Satan has always used, Satan has always used religion to accomplish his purposes. He's always used religion to accomplish his purposes because he knows it works. Same in the tribulation. He will use this one world church religion to accomplish his purpose. And throughout history, people all over the world have been killed for their faith. We have it pretty easy here so far. But all over the world, as people have been killed all over the world for their faith. We had a missionary group here last week and the lady said something. Very interesting. She said that the gospel is growing faster. You would never believe it. I didn't know this myself. But she said the gospel is growing faster in Iran and Afghanistan than it is anywhere in the world. But you don't hear about it. You got Muslims coming to Christ by the millions, but you don't hear about it. They are coming to Christ by the millions. But throughout this great tribulation, people will be killed for their faith. Persecution is by no means a thing of the past. Christian in many parts of the world, they know what persecution is. They know if you accept Christ in some parts of the world, it's a death sentence. It's a death sentence. And they know it. And we should be praying for those Christians. John said, when I saw her, this false religion, that is, this marvel, he said he marveled with greater amazement. Why? He was marveled because this was not an ordinary war. This was a, a religious war. And he said, I just marvel at the influence of it. It's going to influence a lot of people. The angel knew John would marvel at this, at this scene that unfolded before his eyes. He marveled. And he didn't know what to do. John says, man, I can't believe this. He's just saying, I can't believe it. So, Verse 7 through 18, the angel is going to have to explain it to him. Verse 7, then the angel said to me, why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and ten horns. The explanation begins in the next verse. Verse 8, the beast, the Antichrist that you saw was not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit to go to perdition, and those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Was and is not yet it is. He said he will ascend out of the pit. You know, they said he was not and yet is. You know, he faked a, a fake resurrection. Resurrection. He was not, but yet he is. He came back to life, and now they say he is. But either way, he's, his influence, after his resurrection, the Antichrist will become possessed by a great demon from the, from the abyss. He said, I saw him come out of, the, out of the bottom of the pit. This spirit, this demon, this Antichrist. 
and he's going to go into destruction. Pretty soon, the Antichrist and the false prophet is going to be cast in the lake of fire in chapter 19. Here's the mind which was wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. And we studied this back in Revelation 13, but the mountains are referring to seven kingdoms. So this is talking about seven kings or seven kingdoms that supports this woman. This system is a, a false religious system that is seducing the nation. This woman is a hearted. The representatives of all false religions. The city going to have great influence. The city which sits on seven mountains, on seven hills, but not limited to, but this only city that in Scripture teach that the only city that sits on seven mountains and seven hills is Rome, the only one. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. When he comes, he must be, he, he's going to continue for a short time. The five fallen kings, some say it's Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. And one is referring to the Roman Empire. But the, the beast was not, and it is, he himself is the eighth. And it's of the seven is going to perdition of destruction. The Antichrist kingdom is said to be the, both the seventh and the eighth kingdom of his supposed demise revel, resurrection. He is the seventh king before and the eighth after he rose from the dead, some people say. But verse 12 said, the ten horns which you saw are ten kings which you have received, have received no kingdom yet. But they received authority for one hour as kings with the beast. A brief period, three and a half year period. They are one mind, and they have given their power to the beast. So all these kingdoms, who they are, they're going to give all their authority to the Antichrist. The ten horns are the ten kings who will give authority to rule the world along with the Antichrist. In verse 14, they will make war with the Lamb. They're going to fight against Jesus Christ himself. And the Lamb will overcome them. How about that? For he is Lord of lords and kings of kings. And those who are with him are called, are called chosen and faithful. This is us. Those that are with him is called chosen and faithful. The bottom line, the only gold, the only object, the only object the Antichrist has, he really, he really wants to destroy Jesus. That's what he wants to do. He's going to fight against him. Because Jesus is Lord of lords and kings of kings, the Antichrist will be unsuccessful He's going to be unsuccessful in his attempts. Not going to win. Speaking of the second coming, every saint of God who have ever lived, both Jew and Gentile, will come back when Christ comes for his second coming. We will come back with him and we will reign with him. Then the angel said to me, verse 15, the waters which you saw where the heart is says are people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. You can see that in verse 1. We, we shared that. But this covers the entire world. Many will die and will go to hell as a result of this false religion. The harlot, the influence, the world is going to be a worldwide influence, a one world religion that will dominate the world. The false religion, the harlot, it looks spiritual, but it's not. 
Satan is a perfect counterfeiter. Satan can make things look like they are from God and they not. Satan can do many things in the name of God when it's not from God. And these ten horns are nations, verse 16, which you saw on the beast. These will hate the harlot. The head of Christ is pretty soon going to hate the harlot because Antichrist wants control. Make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Once the Antichrist has used a false religious system, he's going to turn against it. And he's going to demand to be worshipped. For God has put into the hearts to fulfill his purpose, to do, to be one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. God moves into the hearts of the kings to want to fulfill his purpose. It shows that God is still in control, even, even in the tribulation. And his goodness still reigns even in the midst of of all this evil in the end times, his goodness still remains. People can still be saved during the tribulation period, but they're going to have to go through the Antichrist and be persecuted and killed. But if people would come to Christ now, they wouldn't have to face that. Amen. And the woman when you saw that great city, which reigns over the kings of the earth, the woman in John's vision is a great city of Babylon. The world's religious system, the false religious system is a harlot who has, a, has abandoned the truth and prostituted herself to get gain, to get great gain. Shows how, so how does this apply to us? Well, make sure that you are following Christ and not a religion. Make sure that you're following Christ, not a religion. See, my job is to point you to Christ because man can't meet your needs. My job is to point you to him because he's got everything that you need. The spirit of Babylon still exists today and we need to make sure we are deceived by the devil in following some system, some organization, some denomination. We got to make sure that we are following Christ. How many people do I know are following religion and following a denomination and not following Christ? You got to follow Christ. Whosoever will may come, he says. If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and what? Follow me. Who are you following? I hope you're following him, because man is always going to let you down. Man is always going to disappoint you. But if you follow Christ, you, know, you will never be disappointed. Amen. Everyone opposed Christ in the great, everyone opposed Christ will be judged. But all of those that receive Christ and receive the gospel will be saved and have eternal life. Everybody that rejects Christ is going to be judged. But everyone that received Christ, he is going to have forgiveness of sin. He's going to have eternal life and he's going to go to heaven and live throughout eternity. If you are you ready to meet Christ? I ask people this all the time. People say, oh, yeah, I'm ready to meet Christ. I said, well, have you accepted him? They said, well, not yet. I said, well, you're not ready to meet him. 
Am I right about that? If you haven't accepted him, you're not ready to meet him because if you meet him and haven't accepted him, he's going to be your judge. He doesn't want that. That's why he's waiting. There could be somebody here this morning who never invited Christ into their life. There could be, could be somebody watching by YouTube and Facebook. I have a lot of people watching. This little camera right here is picking up people all over. YouTube and Facebook and people, we're reaching people that I, I don't even know. And some even send an offering. I'm saying, yeah. Some even send money. And I don't even know them. They say, hey, man, uh, here's for the work of God. Here's for the work of God. I see you preaching the word. Here's a check, man. Use it for the kingdom of God. I don't even know these people. <laughs> but they are, they are some good givers. They are some big tithers. I know that much. So God is working in different means in these last days. Now, what we have to do as believers is be flexible because God's going to do things in these last days he's never done in my lifetime. I'm seeing things now that I thought I would never see right now. So unless I'm flexible, see, I want, I want to be part of the action. I want to be part of what God is doing. I don't want to be sleep. I mean, I think sometimes the church is sleep. But I don't want to be, you got to look around you and say, hey, man, you know, it might be negative out there, but you are salt and light and you can affect this whole world on your job, in your neighborhood, in your family. Some of you guys got family members who are not saved. You should go around those people and show God's love, man. Don't separate yourself from those people because they're going to have to face that antichrist. You don't want that. Just because a person is not saved. Jesus said one time, he said, if you only love those that love you, what reward is that? If you can only just love Christians, that's all well and good, but that's not doing the unbeliever any good. See, the unbeliever, he's going to hell, so we have to try to snatch him out to fire. That's our job, and that's why we're here. I used to work with a guy who used to bug me so bad, boy. I used to go to work, and he used to bug me so bad because he had a filthy mouth. And I said, hey, man, can't you, can't you say something else? Is that all you know is one word? Well, who are you to judge me? I said, hey, man, you got a, you got a bad mouth, man. You, you shouldn't be saying those words. But that really spoke to him. About two years later, that person came to Christ. It'd be surprised. The little things you think is small, the little things that you, uh, you might think is very insignificant right now. God might say, hey, right on, man. You might think it's small, but I think it's right on. I asked a guy one time, I said, hey, if you were to die right now, would you go to heaven? And I walked away. I went to work the next day and I heard this noise behind, behind the palace, a person weeping and crying and just sobbing. And I said, what's the matter, man? I went over to him and said, what's wrong? He said, those words you said yesterday, I can't shake them. He said, I can't shake those words. Because I asked him, if you were to die right now, would you go to heaven? He said, I couldn't sleep all night for those words. I didn't think anything of it. I, didn't, I thought, well, you know. The little things that we do sometimes, maybe you might think it's unimportant, but when you get to heaven, God's going to say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. And those, a lot of things that we might do, what we think is really important, we get to heaven and God might say, uh, that, wasn't, that, wasn't, that wasn't nothing, you know. 
But the things you think that unimportant can be important in God's kingdom if it's done in his name. Now, everybody is somebody in the body of Christ. Everybody's got gifts and talents in the body of Christ and everybody's important. And I tell you what, God is going to use every one of us because if the world is going to be touched, it's going to be touched through the world. It's going to be touched through God's people. So we are not to hide our light, right? So we should have compassion on the unbeliever and try to reach them before that rapture happens. And that could happen any time. So if you're here today, if you're watching and you have not received Christ, do it right now. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you so much that we can come and hear your word today. We thank you, Lord, that you are still on the throne in spite of all the negative Negative things we see around the world. We know, God, you're still on the throne and no one is going to ever kick you off. And Father, we just pray right now that you will use each believer, each one here today to reach out and touch someone. Is there anyone today that is watching me by YouTube or Facebook? If anyone here have not received Christ, just, just raise your hand. We'll pray with you and you won't have to go through this. If you just raise your hand, we'll pray. We won't embarrass you. We just want to give you a chance. All you have to do is say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my own personal Savior. I believe you died and rose again on the third day. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. He's never refused anybody yet. It's not a long prayer. <laughs> 